Hey, it's Ron McLean. Welcome to Hockey Talk on the Rock. With Laura and Keith. It's interesting. So let's back up a second. He played absolutely out of his mind. It now. made no sense to me. And now, here are your hosts. All right. We are back doing Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 93. And uh, we don't have a lot of league news per se to talk about, but as always, we got a lot of Canucks news to talk about. Um, last time we talked, they were about to play Nashville, and then they took off on a five-game road trip. And let's just let's just start with that. Yeah. So the road trip. <laughs> I mean, the Nashville game. <laughs> There's been a lot of low moments being a Canucks fan this year. <laughs> um. I think just to generalize like a pattern really is that I think even the games the Canucks have won outside of maybe the Pittsburgh game, there's been doubts. <laughs> like it hasn't been very convincing. It didn't look great, but they got the win kind of thing. And I think this road trip, right? Like if, I mean, if you start with the national games, the game before the road trip, it was the familiar story. The Canucks were up by three though, <laughs> and they ended up losing. Although that one, they lost in a shootout and that was the embarrassing Bo moment. Although again, I don't think you can really blame Bo for much <laughs> um, on this Canucks team right now. Um, so he missed the puck at center ice or he missed the puck when he was coming in and yeah, so they lost, which was unfortunate, and then they go off on the road trip. Did they play Ottawa first? Yeah. Yeah, so they beat Ottawa, and that was, again, one of those games where, like, they won, but I don't think they really looked good. Ottawa no, it was, was struggling. Similar to when they played Anaheim just before we last talked, where it was like, yeah, that was entertaining, but it was like a couple bad teams playing hockey. Yeah, and Spencer Martin got another victory. Or was that? Yeah, that was Martin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they go back to back and they play Montreal and they just laid an absolute egg in Montreal. That was terrible. I don't really have anything else that you can say about that. (laughs) And then they followed up with back to backs in Toronto and Boston and the Toronto was exactly the same script that we've seen the entire season. Um, A couple goal lead and then they blow it. They blow it. And it just seemed like even when they were up, you knew they were going to lose in regulation. There was nothing really convincing about their play. And yeah. Um, And then they go back to Boston and they lose. And that game, I mean, I will say this, that game, I don't think there was any point in time where they were going to win it. Um, No one's won in Boston this year so far. So like, you know, it was, that one was one of those kind of like scheduled losses, I would say, but because you played so poorly on this road trip until that point, it's not a very good excuse. And then they end things off in Buffalo where they get another win. And again, it's an unconvincing win. Like they had the lead going into the third. And when Middlestad scored there, I think everyone thought that it was going at least to overtime and they find a way to win. But this team is not very good. No, and the takeaway on that road trip is their two wins came against teams that had just both lost five games in a row. Totally, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I still think, like, there's so much fundamentally wrong with this team. 
And I am personally at the point for me now in this fandom that I actually wouldn't care if they traded Pedersen and Hughes. If they, like, I'm just at the point where I think we need something new. And I'm not saying that's what they should do because I still think that's what they should keep. But I guess what I'm saying is there's no one on this team that if they traded, I would be emotionally upset about them being traded. And it's been highlighted over and over again about how kind of the comparison between like the 2011 team or the 2010 teams, if you want to call them that, to this team now and how it just doesn't seem like they care about being Canucks. And it's very like apparent, I guess now, or maybe it's just all the losing. I mean, you think about Bo Horvat, which I know we'll talk about later, but he's been on this team. He's had really, well, two experiences in the playoffs, one with fans. Um, and he's just lost. He's lost his whole career. Like, it's hard to get invested in something if all you've ever done is lose. And we're getting to that point with all these, like, what were the core players. And it's very frustrating. It's very disheartening to watch. But there's so many problems. There's so many salary problems. And, again, I think we're kind of in the same position where, like, I don't want to see them – like try to fix their salary problems on the back end by giving up too much because there comes a point in time where it's like maybe you just be bad and you see how it goes because this trying to be good thing is not worked out for you for the last eight years and yeah yeah and I mean with Bo like like you say it's hard to be inspired after all the losing but like individually he's having a fantastic year so far like, I don't know. I think he's second in the league in goals. He is, yeah. Behind McDavid, yeah, and yeah. which is pretty impressive, which is and uh, good for him in a contract year and good for the Canucks in the sense of if they can't or won't re-sign him, um, it's going to increase his value. So from there, I think we go into the most common thing in Vancouver talk radio and talk podcasts <laughs> and everything is the trade speculation. And I mean, like you say, it's not this management's fault that they're in the position they're in because they inherited the cap problems, sure. but they, they need to do more to start to fix the problems. Yeah. Like when they came in, they, they had a lot, a lot of song and dance that I think a lot of people were hearing what they wanted to hear. But um, the way last summer went, they didn't do as much as it seemed like they were going to do. So at this point, like I know you got Bo who's scoring goals like crazy, but it might be time to see what you can get. And like, I know Luke Shen's been, you know, the unsung hero award winner and like a steady stay at home dude. But like, if he's got value, you know, look, look at what you can get for him. Right. And start to play other guys, Burroughs and Rathbone who can Burroughs can probably fill the Shen role pretty yeah. well. Yeah. So, um, you know, if there's rumors that Toronto might take a flyer on, on Myers because Muzzin's out for the year, which it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, you know, as long as you're not paying to move him and you're just taking maybe one year, like someone who's on expiring contract of similarly bad money back so that you get out of next year's problem, that yeah. might be worth it, right? But it's just, you know, like we've talked about before, you, we need to see something happen and it can't be firing Bruce because Jim Rutherford doesn't like him because it a, it's going to piss off the fan base and B, yeah. like it's not Bruce's fault, right? Like they yeah. played really well under him last year, but they, they caught lightning in a bottle, really. Yeah. 
Uh, like okay this is the thing about Bruce like I was 100% expecting to wake up yesterday and for him to be fired I thought it had the notification on my phone it seemed like after Rutherford had made those comments again (laughs) that about the structure and the system that like regardless what happened in that Buffalo game I, I thought he was done like you know win or lose kind of thing and now the fact that we haven't heard anything now I'm like okay I think they're keeping him which I agree with you, I feel like is the right move. And I know there's all sorts of talk out there that they don't want to fire a coach in case that the same thing happens to the Canucks as last year where they do catch a bit of lightning and they go on a win streak and then they basically give themselves a sense of false hope. Um, And again, that's kind of cruel to Boudreaux both ways, but like... It's just I don't know. Is it if is it just Aquilini's too cheap to pay another coach? Because it could just be that. Uh, it's very obvious that Rutherford doesn't want him. It's a really weird, toxic environment, and I do think that that is getting back to the players to some extent. And they should be professional. They should be able to play through it. But you're not living on a freaking island, right? Like you can hear. <laughs> like everything around you and that combined with all the talk about Bo I do think it's become the talk of the league so yeah just yeah and I mean like in a Canadian market especially like that outside noise is so much louder than everywhere else too that like you know I think you probably remember last year um with the trade rumors around brock and like you know it wasn't it miller in practice that was like hey aren't you getting traded next yeah week? something like that like yeah, yeah, they yeah. know right and they're joking about it but they definitely are aware of all of it yeah so um you know from maybe there's something more to it that like no one's really talking about and probably the smarter people have looked at and maybe rutherford's comments are not so much about i hate my coach and i'm gonna fire him and get a new one and more about trying to um upsell you know instead of saying sure. my team my team and my players suck it's, no these players are all really good it's just the structure so they have value Take them. yeah yeah right? i mean that would be nice <laughs> yeah you know i mean there's a few insiders that have have posted you know like the canucks have many lines yep. in the water right now and they're waiting yeah. for a bite so it would kind of make sense that like if he's not so much harping directly on bruce but he's saying like these players would be amazing in a, in a properly structured setup or in a different system maybe it's just trying to publicly put it out there that he believes in these players in an effort to try and like persuade whoever he's trying to talk to about trades and whatever those might look like but as long as you know we're not looking at more dickinson like deals where they're paying pro, you know prospects or picks to, to move things just to you know make things easier down the line because it will and it won't right you because you need to make space but you also need to restock the cupboards and (laughs) the canucks don't have any really anyone in there you need to need to figure out how to do both that's kind of why they brought them in i do think that rutherford's comments about it being like hard to make a trade that i know a lot of people are making fun of because it is your job um but I do think that's kind of reflecting that I think he knows that he can't make another one of those deals I think you know the next one does have to be in both directions as you say um because fan bases were fed up right like you know talk about not being able to handle a rebuild like 
<laughs> I personally cannot handle any more of this lack like lack of a direction and I love like I love the Canucks but <laughs> like you gotta give us something yeah it's just too in between and it's been like this for too long mm-hmm. so if you want to talk about disinterest in the team it's gonna happen and I think the clear direction like the next move does have to be something that's like this is what we're doing and people will get behind it but Here's my under the radar prediction that I'm going to make. Okay. Luke Shen returns to Toronto. Yeah. I, I can totally see it. I see it. It's very clear. Like to me that that's a smart move. It's the type of player that they need and I think that because the fans didn't like him the first time around in Toronto, I think it will be like his 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 redemption moment. Totally. Yeah. And, and I mean because of his contract and and you know the way he's played on a bad team this year. I think that would be the perfect fit for what Toronto is looking for, but um, they're probably also looking to make a move to move out, you know, expiring contracts who are underperforming, underperforming this year, not like Lucian's overperforming, like Justin Hall, Alex Kerfoot. I was going to ask if Kerfoot was done this year because he has been uh, not great this year for Toronto. And so I could see that as a player that if you're going to take salary back and he is from Vancouver, so Mm -hmm. it could work out. The only thing with that is if if that's like Myers we're talking about. Yeah. The forward group is the crowded area. So I mean But okay, it, this is my other thing though. If they do trade Bo, Kerfit plays center. Yeah, I thought about that too, but yeah. I was like, they would have to they would have have to have a few dominoes lined up to pull that off, I think. Yeah. Um, because the the, the really crowded part is the wings, right? And mm-hmm. then like I don't know, like we can talk briefly about Kuzmenko being scratched, <laughs> but like that's another one where you do have an asset. Uh, I don't know if you lock him up long term. Um, and we still don't really know what he is, but he is third or fourth on the team in goals. I can't remember if PD has more than him now, um, but he has scored. He's produced. He has had his moments defensively, but I think the whole entire team, like, who on forward has looked good defensively except for Pedersen? No one. Um, <laughs> really. So, like, I don't know. Like, he has his warts, but he's someone that, yeah, if you're not going to sign him long-term, you can flip him, but don't kill his value, too. So, like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah, I think it's too soon to say, right? He hasn't yeah. even played 20 games in no. the NHL. And, like, they're getting exactly what they knew they were getting. They were getting a guy that could go- get goals on the power play. Yep. And who was speedy on the wing, but like yeah. had some defensive lapses, and he's sure. he's got to bring that while trying to learn the smaller ice surface. So, I feel like they'll find a way to, like I don't see them moving him. I feel I feel like they'll probably bring him back again next year, regardless how this goes. Yeah, just because he he could be a cheap option for them that can yeah. score. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean he has shown some chemistry with Patterson. Um, but again, particularly on the power play, like I thought he's looked good on the power play. Yeah. Um, but, uh, five, I mean, five on five, the whole team again, hasn't been great no. <laughs> realistically. And I was thinking about the other day, sorry, now I'm like jumping around in my head, but like with Connor Garland, because like when he started last year on the Canucks, he was like feisty and hard to play against. And like, even though, you know, his shot isn't great and all that. He was still exciting to watch. Now I just feel like he's lost, like completely lost his game. Mm-hmm. And it's very frustrating because you have this player who was an asset on a team in Arizona. 
And that team was a dumpster fire. And now he's played a year and a half in Vancouver. And I would like to think that he still has value, but I I don't know, like with how he's playing. And there's stuff like that. I mean, OEL is obviously a total freaking disaster. Like that trade looks worse and worse by the second. <laughs> but like it's just it's frustrating. I can't get over how frustrating this. Yeah, I mean they need they need some Canuck luck and that never happens. But you know, <laughs> they're in this position where ideally you're looking at trading Besser and or Garland like yeah. sooner than later. And right now I bet you their trade values are lower than ever. So how can you? You can't. Um and again, like I think they they had their opportunities for that, right, this summer. And I don't think they liked what they had then. And it can't be better than that now, no, <laughs> right? No. Um, especially Basser. Like, and the yeah. only way you could do it is if you find a team who has someone who's in the same spot, sure. you know, and you same age, who's yeah. supposed to be good, who has been good in the past, and who is struggling this year. Yeah. And I know I threw it out in our group chat there that like, you know, Minnesota's always wanted Besser. He's from Minnesota. Yeah. yeah. struggling this year, yeah. so like, there might be something there with Besser and Boldy, but Boldy's cheaper so yeah. you've probably taken a bad contract back with him to make that happen you'd have to right because they're so up against the cap yeah um and yeah i know like the closer we get to trade deadline like the more flexibility people will have um and also the more clarity they'll have on the cap situation next year so they'll probably be able to make more moves but my personal prediction with the canucks is i do not think bo horvat will be on the canucks by christmas i think he's gone and I don't know. I wanted to throw it out there because I think it would be interesting. I mean, he's at is that 14 goals now. I can't How remember if it's 13 or 14, but yeah. I'll look it up two. right now. How many goals does he end the season with? He's at 14. I'd say 34. Okay. I'll say 40. Yeah. I think that the, he started on such a pace. I, like, he'll, he'll he's obviously going to slow down, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I'll say he gets 40. And I mean, it depends where he goes, right? Yeah, totally. If he, if he goes to Columbus and he's centering Goudreau, <laughs> Goudreau. and Mane, like, I don't know. Yeah. No, I know. Um, but, but also maybe. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think Goudreau and him, right, like, as I was saying to you, because he's such a playmaker, like, it is kind of the style of winger because as much as, like, I'm very <laughs> positive about Bo. He's not, he does not create plays. He's a finisher, uh, which for a center is rare. Um, and so like that kind of pairing works well. It's almost like, and not to the same skill level, but it is almost like a Marner Matthews thing where like you have the winger that's the more creative, like uh, playmaker. And, yeah. Anyway. My second under the radar prediction I'll throw okay. out here sure. is Bo goes to Philly since they have the cap space with Couturier out. Okay. Playing with his cousin Konechny. Oh yeah, I could see that. I I was thinking I kind of bought into the Boston train of thought, but now that they have their old men playing so well, I could see Philly. Um, you I could see also it. see Washington. That's the other one. Oh yeah, yeah, they need sentiment. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, what does Washington have to give up though? Like I just Washington think- doesn't have much, no. and, and it's all forwards that they have that are like prospects. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Philly's a bit deeper, and I mean they could even probably work a Provorov deal since they gave all that money to Sam Sandheim at this point. <laughs> yeah. Like, 
you know, from Philly standpoint, it isn't great, but from Vancouver standpoint, probably isn't also great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So, you never know. Time will tell. It's fun. It's fun to play armchair GM though. It is. It's definitely Horvat watch now in Vancouver. Yeah. So yeah. Um but yeah, I guess moving off of like the the trade slash depressing talk. <laughs> the Canucks did have some positive news this weekend and it was the Hall of Fame uh, with both twins, so Daniel and Henrik, and then Bobby Lou getting inducted, first ballot Hall of Famers. I watched their speeches. I thought they were all very nice, um, along with Daniel Alfredson. Um, and it was such a juxtaposition, like such a juxtaposition, right? Between having the Canucks in the state they are, and then these three from like the best team we've ever seen of the Canucks. Yeah. Um, so it was both depressing, but also nice to remember that there was a time when the Canucks were good. Um, and yeah, I just wanted to throw out the congrats to the three of them. They were the good times. They were the best of times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. Good for them. Congrats to the scenes. Congrats to Luongo. Uh. You know, anytime that there's a goalie who's a franchise win leader for two different teams, it's pretty impressive. Also played a thousand games too, which is pretty insane if you think about it. Luongo did. Luongo, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. Good for them. Um. I don't have much to say about it. I'm always like these guys who got in this year were like you know not a surprise yeah and it's uh, i like the years better where it's like there's debate between who got in and the guys who've been snubbed mm-hmm. for year after year after year like i'm still waiting for mcgillney to get yeah. in me too i will say i think this was my favorite year only because there was so much cannot content and normally it's with teams that either i didn't really like or players that i didn't really like and so this year i was like oh this is actually fun <laughs> but i do understand and i i totally agree i think mcgillney is completely deserving and should have been included long before now so we'll see how much longer he has to wait but mm-hmm. yeah time will tell and then, yeah, the other league news that we're going to talk about was the the Devils, the Mighty Devils, wrapping up 11 wins in a row tonight. 11 wins in a row, pretty impressive. I mean, they're two big off-season acquisitions, I think, were Vanacek and Palat, and Palat's been out for this whole win streak, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, so it just goes to show that over the last year, you know, how much a goalie who can make a save or two would have made a big difference for them because – Vanacek's not been amazing or, you know, Vesna worthy by any means, but he's been good enough. And I think their young guys, especially like Jack Hughes and Jesper Brat, have taken big enough steps that, uh, you know, they're putting themselves in a good position to make a run at squeaking the playoffs this year, which would be fun for them, fun to watch. Yeah, I feel really happy for the Devils. Um, it's nice to see them after again, really like a decade of being irrelevant and bad <laughs> um, to have a like a decent team and it seems like their underlying numbers are showing that like this isn't a fluke <laughs> um because I know like again at the beginning of the season I was like okay Buffalo or New Jersey like who's is more sustainable and it was New Jersey clearly um and you know they put themselves as you say in a good position from here on out um to make the playoffs obviously you got to hope that you still get that goaltending of uh, is relatively young um, but I think, I think they, the, 
like I believe, I believe right now in the Devils. I think they're gonna make the playoffs. So fun yeah. to watch. And yeah, Jack totally. Hughes for sure. Uh, Jesper Bratt too. Like, yeah. I mean, there's like other guy like Nico Hachey is steady, but like uh, what's his name, Dawson Mercer, yeah. is seeming to be like establishing himself as a super solid third centerman behind Hughes and Hishier too, which yeah. just shows that they've obviously whoever their scouts are like deserve some, you know, yeah, company yeah. paid for dinners or something because they're, uh, they did some good drafting over the last few years. I mean, keep in mind too, right. They still have the defensemen that are going to come in to their system. Like the second overall pick like Nemich and then um, Hughes <laughs> who like yeah they still have both of them coming and they still have Holtz coming offensively like they're gonna be a good team Mm -hmm. for quite a while here and if they get the goaltending if they can keep it up like that division is changing we see it now right um you have the older teams that are getting worse and they're they're in a good spot moving forward totally totally a good spot yeah yeah all right. Well, I don't think I've got much else to talk about. I feel like we talked some good stuff. Yeah, <laughs> it was a good, good little chance to get some thoughts out, you know, debrief mm-hmm. a little bit, deep breathing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, we'll be able breath. to do it again uh, next week. I know we got LA tomorrow versus the Canucks and then yeah. Vegas on Monday, I believe. I so, yeah. So, uh two tough matchups for the Canucks and yeah. <laughs> I know that I can't remember if they play another one before they play Vegas again next Friday um, yeah. but it's gonna be a tough tough week for them <laughs> yeah. and uh, we'll just see how it goes I mean Vegas is such a fast team that the Canucks don't match up well there so those are gonna be tough ones if they it's can pull off Colorado on Wednesday in, in the middle yeah tough stretch tough stretch yeah so, so. They got it. Like, honestly, they have to win at least one of these. And I don't know if they can right now. <laughs> like, they're going to have to considerably play better or lean into it. It's one way or the other. But, yeah. Or they win all four and they're back in the playoffs. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> they're only two points out or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wouldn't it be something? Oh, God. I don't know if I can handle it anymore. Alrighty. Well, I think we'll wait. We'll wait and see how it plays out. And we'll talk again maybe next week and uh, hit up episode number 94 next time around. So this has been Hockey Talk on the Rock, episode number 93. That's Laura and I'm Keith. And thanks for listening, watching. Sweet.